before we start the show, I wanted to let you know about a limited opportunity. The doors are open to our online community. Where we're helping clinicians get confidence and success when dealing with the complexity of pain we see in practice. We have Brownie Thompson, Mike Stewart, and myself helping clinicians get the training they need to get comfortable managing pain well. You get live events, workshops, peer support, and direct feedback on your practice and your unique struggles. You can visit the community on your computer or on the go on your smartphone. The doors are closing on May 8th, so make sure you check out modernpainpro.com for all the details and to start transforming your practice today. Changing the story around pain. This is the Modern Pain Podcast, helping to improve the understanding and treatment of pain across the world through education, advice from experts in the field, personal stories from those living well with pain, and more. A modern approach to pain treatment, management, and education, while helping to bring the patient voice back to healthcare. This is the Modern Pain Podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Mark Cardula. What is going on, everybody? It is Mark Cardula, lead faculty and founder of Modern Pain Care, and excited to be back for an episode. We've been on a hiatus as of late, uh, mainly because of me, but I think Jared and I both realized we, we were kind of getting a little crazy with uh, you know pushing the envelope of productivity and and trying to be hustling with everything we're doing in life. I can definitely we'll probably go into episode uh, details in another episode, but um, before we do that, let's just see how our co-host is doing. How are you doing there, Jared Hall? And I'm doing well, Mark. Uh, it's it's good to see you on the other side of the screen. It's good. It's good to be back. But uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed our hiatus. You know, got a little bit of family focused time, a little bit of uh, disconnection from the the social media sphere, and you know, let let my brain uh, kind of congeal back from the the goopy jello that it had turned into. So I'm feeling I'm feeling good. Yeah, I feel I feel a bit recharged myself. You know, it's been awesome. My daughter's going to be five here in a few weeks, and just been hanging out with her, swimming a lot. It's Phoenix, so and I'm sure it's the same there in Fort Worth, where you know temperatures are getting like melting. Uh, it was like 115 a week ago. Hundreds are just you know the everyday life this way, but yeah, it's been good to recharge. I feel like uh, you know been able to refocus and you know, focus on the podcast and focus on a few things at Modern Pink here. Um, that allowed me to not want to go crazy um, and allowed me to keep things balanced. So it, it was a good learning experience for me. It got to the point where burnout was a real thing. But maybe, like I said, we'll talk about that in a future episode because I think there's some relations. I've seen it just coming from my own experience of how when we see patients who are really burning out from maybe more than just work-related things of how that can affect your health because I was having some health things that were going on with that as well. But today's episode, sir, you had you had found a post on social media. I'd like to, you to just lay the groundwork for the folks who are, who are listening, and then we'll have a discussion. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's interesting. Uh, I guess um, maybe I've been a loud enough voice on social media for a long enough time that um, I still get consistently tagged in things that are maybe a little bit questionable posts or maybe, you know, just outright just total bullshit. And people people like drop a little at Dr. Jared Hall DPT in the, in the comments and, and just like, hey, man, uh, why don't you come at these people? And most of the time I try not to. Um, and I, in, on this particular post, I did not, you know, think it was appropriate to necessarily quote unquote, come at these guys. Uh, but I thought it was a post that, you know, it, it's maybe controversial enough or maybe just a good enough topic to have some discussion on. So um, for, for uh, context, if you're listening, um, there are two very famous physical therapists named Bob and Brad. Um, they have done a, an incredibly good job of marketing themselves on, 
on YouTube and, and on social media and that sort of thing. And they've kind of, kind of gotten to the point of, you know, going on multiple uh, news stations as physical therapy consultants and all sorts of stuff. Um, so in one hand, I'm super proud of these guys for uh, bringing the physical therapy profession into, you know, the public sphere and getting more attention. And on the other hand, you know, they, they seem like really good human beings. They seem like good guys, but they say some kind of questionable stuff because there's sound bites and, you know, there's things that maybe are taken out of context. And there's things that are just easier to say that um, maybe you're losing a little bit of the nuance. And the, this particular post that I was just tagged in, uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll bring it up and read it. It was a tweet uh, from Bob. So on their Twitter, uh, he, he said, throughout the night, your spine discs are adding fluid. So you're taller in the morning. When you first get up, your back is much more, more vulnerable to injury due to the increased fluid. So you may want to hold off on any strenuous activity with the back. A walk will squish out the fluid. Bob. So I thought that this was an interesting tweet is an interesting topic, and it probably deserves a little bit more of a nuanced discussion, because I think that there's some truth in his post, but there's probably also a lot more gray area than the average person would get from reading that post. What do you think, Mark? So you're, you're saying that social media does not allow for nuances. Is this correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of what it's gotten down to for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, having one, I think, you know, I, I can't say this for certainty, but I think some of that narrative commonly comes from, um, you know, maybe uh, the McKenzie approach in MDT. There's a, a lot of discussions of the disc and there was the disc model, which we know we don't really use uh, anymore. It hasn't really, it's been quite, you know, invalidated, although some folks argue uh, some things. I'd, um it doesn't mean that discs don't have problems, of course, because they are definitely can be a source of nociception and, and problems in the back. Um, I've obviously had mine. If you've listened to this podcast, I've probably shared my herniated disc stories. But yeah, you know, the, the discussions of, of morning, I, I do remember that being talked about in courses where, hey, your first few hours at night, you know, the discs use that, as Jared reminded me, because it's been a while, the osmotic gradient and these proteoglycans that are very hydro philic that um, really draw in fluid overnight and that there is this kind of sponge mechanism um, for kind of disnutrition. That's why I think, you know, which helps me throw a narrative at people. And you know, I don't get too nerdy about that stuff with them, but, you know, how discs really thrive on movement to be healthy um, versus, you know, the the perceptions of this post in my mind and I think in Jared's mind as well is that, gosh, are we going to get people, you know, kinesiophobic in the mornings because, oh, my God, my disc is swollen right now. I shouldn't move. Um I will say that for just my personal experience, N equals one, that, you know, some mornings, especially when I've had some flares of, you know, what I consider discogenic pain as far as its behavior, positive cough, sneeze, shifted, all that fun stuff that has tended to be associated with discogenic problems. Um, mornings tend to be pretty cranky, stiff and, and different things, but movement is my solution in that situation, not my um you know, uh, you know, something that I would be fearful of, although you know, the recommended walking, which I guess is okay, not a, not a bad thing. But um, I do fear that, you know, some people read that social media tweet and, and all of a sudden, you know, they spike up kinesiophobia because, okay, gosh, mornings, now I need to be extra careful. Um, and we've all probably had those patients who are already being overly careful and maybe have been being overly careful for long periods of time because of some of these things. I mean, what are your thoughts on it, Jared? Yeah, I, th I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly no expert on uh, 
everything, anything and everything disc related, you know, from a molecular level on up. But I feel like I've seen some decent evidence, at least that, that discs do hydrate a little bit during the night, you know, and, and people do tend to, as Bob referenced, maybe be a touch taller in the morning because th their discs do have a little bit more fluid uh, because of that kind of that osmotic gradient that, that we mentioned in the, in the, the hydrophilicness of the proteoglycans within the nucleus pulposus and that sort of stuff. And, you know, it's interesting because if you, if you look at uh, anatomical, you know, studies of the disc, the annulus on the, on the interior aspect of the annulus is not very innervated and it's not vascularized. Uh, so it's, it's really similar to say cartilage in your, in your knee. And we know that cartilage and, and the annulus, for instance, they get nourishment from being compressed and distracted, right? So repeated compression actually drives nutrition into these, into these tissues because they're non-vascularized. Um, so that leads me down the pathway of saying, well, if you are a little bit more um, hydrated in your discs in the morning, um, maybe that that hydration, maybe that morning stiffness is a, you know, increased physical stretch on the annulus because you're a little bit more full, but maybe it's also, um, you know, a little bit of a lack of, of descending noxious inhibitory control or, or counter, you know, counter irritation or whatever you want to call it. And when you get up and get moving, right, this is the same thing that we see in osteoarthritis. You get up and get moving a little bit, it tends to feel better and nothing with the, the, the joint itself really changed much. You could make the argument that maybe you got a a little bit more synovial fluid flow and all that sort of stuff. But I think that's a pretty weak argument considering it takes like 30 minutes. Usually it's that whole like, you know, 10 to 30 minutes of movement in the morning makes osteoarthritis type stiffness feel better. To me, that's probably more an activation of descending modulatory factors than it is just purely getting synovial fluid on, on the joint surfaces. Like maybe there's a little bit of lubricant production, something like that. But I, we could talk about these mechanics all day long and we don't necessarily have uh, great studies to, you know, to compare middle of the night to first thing in the morning to 30 minutes later to an hour later in the disc, uh, at least that I've come across. So if somebody listening has come across those, I'd love to read them. But the, my issue with that post, that stuff is neither here nor there. My issue with uh, Bob's tweet is that he immediately goes on to say with confidence, you know, this, you are at a higher risk of injuries, your spine, he uses the word vulnerable, right? You're more vulnerable to injury. And I know for certain, I'm 99% sure we don't have data to say that you are more likely to sustain a disc related back injury. If you get up and do some movement in the morning, if you get up and bend over and stretch and touch your toes, if you get up and go, you know, for a run, if you get up and, and go, you know, start loosening up and doing some deadlifts without taking, you know, a walk to dehydrate your discs. I think that there's a lot of you know, things that can go into maybe why some people feel a little bit stiffer in the morning, like you, you mentioned, if you do have a, a disc-related issue. And I think that um, automatically tying a purely biological, you know, factor of, of hydration of a tissue to an increased likelihood of injury is probably a bit of a stretch. And in certain populations, not everybody, right, but in certain populations, that's going to be counterproductive to them engaging in any movement. And people may, 
have a have a lifestyle where really first thing early in the morning is the only time that they could get good rigorous physical activity. And I know Mark, you're a you're an early person. You've got a you you've got a young daughter and you've got a family and you've got to be you've got to be a dad and stuff when you come home from work and there's not necessarily time to get that physical activity in later in the day. So you, you get up at four o'clock in the morning and, and and go work out. And a lot of people do that. And in particular, you know, the CrossFit crowd, there's a lot of early morning CrossFit classes. So you can get a great workout in before you you know, you have your day. And I would be concerned that this post is more of a barrier to movement than an encouragement to movement. And it's a little bit more fear inducing uh, rather than resilience inducing. So that while we could argue and, and kind of discuss the nitty gritty details of the biology and the physiology of what exactly is going on in that disc, ultimately we don't have any evidence to support that you are at a higher likelihood of injury. I think we risk uh, putting barriers up to movement and maybe maybe increasing the concept or, or the thought process of how vulnerable the, the body is and non-adaptable and that sort of thing. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, the general, you know, purpose of Bob and Brad, if, I mean, I agree with what you said earlier that, you know, they've done some great things to kind of bring the spotlight on our profession. Yeah, there have been some things they've said that um, I don't, I think we don't necessarily agree with. I'm sure they would probably say the same thing about things we say. I think it's just being humans, but yeah, I think there's ways they could have possibly just kind of put a little bit of some rosy, you know, sh or silver lining on the cloud they were, you know, bringing on with that post as far as, yeah, but movement's great, helps loosen you up. Uh, best thing for this, you know, disc that might be a little bit swollen over is let's, you know, get you moving, get you active. Because, yeah, like you said, I mean, 4 a.m. getting up, getting ready, and then our CrossFit class starts at 5 a.m. And that's that's when I get things done. And I've been deadlifting, you know, heavy weights and doing all sorts of back intensive things those times a day. Now I've had some strains. Actually, I think my issues I had in CrossFit were at afternoon class, to be honest with you, not that I think back. Um, it wasn't a morning class, but, um, yeah, I just think it, knowing your audience and who you're, who you're, um, uh, talking to is going to be very important as far as making sure, um, that the person you're talking to, you, you know, their story, you know, their kind of mindset around what they're dealing with. So, you're not feeding, you know, more fear-inducing, kinesiophobic-inducing uh, words upon somebody where, um, you know, if it's somebody who's, yeah, it's helpful information to tell them, hey, maybe I might be a little bit stiff. This is maybe why, but nothing to get freaked out about, get moving, get on with it um, versus, you know, the, the person that really, you know, shuts down. And, and we've had those patients where, you know, they're already fearful. They have a distressing situation. It's impacting their life in multiple facets of their life beyond just biology um or their you know biomechanics and, and mechanical components of their condition um so yeah don't we gotta be careful with the narratives we're throwing at people and i think we've we've talked about many of these type of narratives that are out there on social media um gosh we could spend probably a podcast just and i think meekins has done a recent uh silly bs on the internet uh series where he'll go and show what some of the stuff that's going on out there and kind of shaking his head and talking about some of the craziness that's out there on social media but again bob and brad overall doing a great job um as far as um bringing some messages out there but possibly something where we could be a little bit more nuanced and understand the the power of our words and and what our meaning is behind some of those narratives and be more clear with our with our patients and the people that are listening what do you think jared yeah, you know, as you were talking, one of the other things that, that kind of popped into my mind was this is a pretty blanket statement, essentially saying all discs are no matter what, no matter the person are vulnerable to injury in the morning. And 
that to me, that's, that's even counter to some of the other narratives that are not necessarily good narratives out there, like about disc desiccation and, you know, disc degenerative disease and all this sort of stuff. As you age, your discs are dehydrated and they suck and they don't, they're not good shock, shock, shock absorbers. Well, through that purely biomechanical mindset, which it, it seems to me, if, from my perspective, Bob and Brad do very much ascribe to the, a very biomechanically, biomechanically oriented mindset. Well, maybe some wouldn't, wouldn't it? Could you make the argument that some people should actually get up and, and exercise in the morning when they have the most hydration and the most shock absorption in their discs and that sort of thing? So uh, even within their own kind of black and white statement, it seems to be counter to other potential narratives uh, about the low back. And I, I, I was wondering your thoughts on that. Yeah. You know, I think it's one person's interpretation can get, you know, pushed forward, you know, and I think sometimes we take some of this authority bias and just like somebody's told me that discs are hydrated in the morning and that it's a, a vulnerable time and we run with it. And then, you know, maybe somebody takes the, your, your point of view where, Hey, it's more hydrated. You know, you could definitely see how it could be spun the other way. And maybe that's the narrative that got spun in, in a continued education course. And all of a sudden we have a completely different mindset, but I think, we have to be careful with any narratives being peddled by folks that are teaching courses. We try to be, you know, full front, you know, as far as being open that, hey, we're going to say to our best knowledge of what we know and we're open to being wrong and, and changing our ways of, of talking about things. I think sometimes that's a difficult things for folks who are teaching and in, in positions, I guess, of authority where um, they don't want to appear. Maybe it's a, a you know, a, a, you know, fear of being vulnerable type thing for uh, an instructor to be wrong. But yeah, it's interesting to think about it. If it was, you could definitely see how it could be spun in a different direction and, and how that possibly could change the the tides of how we kind of perceive things, especially if it gets thrown, thrown down from somebody who's perceived as a authority figure, which, you know, we got a lot of things that have been spun from authority figures that we just grab onto and take as, as kind of the, the truth of the matter where maybe taking a more critical thinking view of it might be helpful for us to kind of get into the nuance that hopefully we're, we're getting into a little bit of it today. Um, but anyway, Jerry, what do we want to talk about before we uh, wrap up? Anything else on this fine topic? No, you know, I would just, I, I would like to see a discussion around this topic, uh, maybe, maybe emerge on, on the social medias. And I, I'd like to see a little bit of a long form discussion, like, Hey, let's actually talk about this and not just, you know, sound bites back and forth. Um, Bob and Brad are, they're, they're, they're big time. So they're probably not going to listen to this podcast because we're small potatoes, but um, you know, maybe Bob and Brad, if you're listening, it would be, it would be cool if uh, we could have a little discussion on this. I would, I'd love to pick you guys brain and, and just uh, see, um, you know, how much discussion and thought goes into before posting some of the stuff on social media, uh, and, and, you know, the, the, I'm trying to think of the right words, just the anticipation that it could be mis misinterpreted because I know that I have put out a tremendous amount of stuff that was misinterpreted and it got me in hot water. And then you're in a situation where you kind of have to backpedal or you have to have to, um, you know, add nuance or whatever it is. Uh, people, people on that level of, um, uh, you know, popularity, uh, I would, I would like to know what the behind the scenes look like with Bob and Brad. I think that would be super interesting and uh, probably I, I bet that, you know, they're a lot better dudes than the amount of flack that they catch for some of the things that they post. 
That's a good point. Maybe uh, like, I, I, I don't know if I'd say we're small potatoes. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we are small potatoes in the grand scheme of it, especially on the Bob and Brad scale for sure. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to have a conversation with them. I think so often we hear people like have a, a narrative that's not in line with our, our worldview and we just kind of go on the attack, man. It's just, I mean, granted, I think we have to be mindful of the influence we have. And, you know, I think that's something you should really, you know, take in mind when you're crafting messages and stuff to, you know, to really do your best to, to serve your audience in a good way that, that, uh, isn't just serving, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, I think it's just being careful, being, being careful with our narratives. Of course, we've talked about that time and time again, but yeah, maybe we'll get Bob and Bad on the, on the podcast. But for, for those of you listening, I'd love to hear your opinion on this whole, uh, topic. We have, uh, we'll have a post on Instagram. We'll have a post on our Facebook page, Modern Pain Cares page. Love to hear you chime in on that post and, and what you guys think. And uh, maybe you just uh, give Bob and Brad a little nudge on their social medias and say, hey, you, you guys should talk to to Mark and Jared. And I, I think it'd be a great episode having a discussion with those two and kind of getting to see the behind the behind the scenes on Bob and Brad and kind of where they're at. Sure. All right, guys. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, don't forget to check out us. Check us out, I should say, on Instagram and, and on Facebook. But until next time, we'll talk to you later. This has been another episode of the Modern Pain Podcast with Dr. Mark Karchula. Join us next time as we continue our journey to help change the story around pain. For more information on the show, visit modernpaincare.com. Also, visit the Pain Masterminds Network on Facebook for free education and resources. This podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. Please consult a licensed professional for your specific medical needs. Changing the story around pain. This is the Modern Pain Podcast.